From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode 423. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace, Sourcegraph, Bombus, and Capital One. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Jason Snow. Hi, Jason Snow. Hi, Mike Hurley. How are you? I am fine and dandy, my friend, because it's iPhone Day. It is. It's iPhone Day. It's Apple Watch Day. It's Apple, Apple Watch Pro Day. And it's Ultra Day. This is Ultra Ultra upgrade. Day. Welcome it will always be known upgrade. from now on as <laughs> Ultra Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. So. So. I have a hashtag snow talk question for you. <laughs> okay, sure. Comes from me. Oh, no. I want to know. Jason, where mm-hmm. are you? I think we have referred to this in the past as undisclosed location C. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, all I can say is this: I am somewhere deep, deep within the bowels, the <laughs> ring. <laughs> I am. I may be near Johnny Sruji's chip lab for all I know, but no, I'm actually in the ring at Apple Park. You're in the ring at Apple. Park. I am in the ring at Apple Park. I'm not. A, I'm not across the street on Tontau Avenue. I am in the ring in an huh. undisclosed location. Yeah. That's not what I was expecting. I hope I was, yeah. Nobody told me not to say that that's where I, I will was. say where I am. that answers a question that I had because, so I knew we were starting around this time and I was like, where's Jason? So I opened Find My and I was looking and I'm like, he's nowhere near where he needs to be. And then you appeared on the on this call that we've got going on. So, hey, huh? thank you very much to Apple for hosting Jason. So we yes, can have this conversation as soon as we can today. I would like to just start with a little bit of follow-out, and I want to talk for a moment about our St. Jude campaign, because it's been going incredibly well so far, um, and I wanted to just spend a, a little moment talking about that, Jason. Okay. We've raised for St. Jude so far this year over $117,000 so far, uh, which I'm just blown away, away by the generosity so far of the Relay FM community and uh, various podcasts and websites and all that kind of stuff. Uh, similarly, we've had we've got currently Jason over a hundred people who have signed up to fundraise as one of the sub campaign fundraisers so far this year. So it's really going incredibly. I would love our listeners to go to relay, go, go to stjude.org/relay and give to St. Jude. Because look, you know, I will borrow uh, a line from my friend Casey Liss, who, who talks about this on uh, ATP. We're obviously about to talk about a bunch of products. That's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about things we want to spend our money on. This is a fantastic place to give some money to. For the fourth consecutive year, the Relay FM community is rallying together to support the life-saving mission of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, which is finding cures and saving children. Since opening its doors in 1962, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital has grown in size and capability for one special reason. They believe that children all over the world deserve the same chance at survival. Treatments developed at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital have helped increase the the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And while tremendous strides have been made, one in five children diagnosed in the U.S. will not survive, and globally those numbers are reversed with four in five children in some developing countries not surviving, with limited access to high-quality affordable medicines and the financial burden of research and care. These are hallmarks of the childhood cancer challenge that many developing countries face. And also, just this is just a horrible thing that no family should ever have to go through, is their child facing death. And this is why we come together to raise money for St. Jude. Because during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, it is an opportunity for us to fight childhood cancer because together we can make a big impact. I want everybody to go to stjude.org slash relay. 
you can donate there and we have some wonderful gifts if you do. If you give $60 or more, you'll get a digital bundle which includes a wallpaper and a macOS screensaver pack, which I cannot wait to tell you more about. It was put together by a wonderful friend, James Thompson. James did just an absurdly incredible, weird and wonderful job and I can't wait for you all to see it. If you make a gift of $100 or more, you get these and some stickers. If you sign up to fundraise, so you'll be able to go out to your friends, your family, your colleagues, people you know, your communities online, and get them to give to St. Jude. If you raise $1 or more after signing up to be a fundraiser, you will get an exclusive St. Jude limited edition of the Relay FM Challenge coin. At $250 or more, you get a really weird and wonderful desk mat of mine and Steven's cartoon heads. It's bananas. Please go to stjude.org slash relay to donate and find out more about fundraising. And don't forget to mark your calendars for September 16th for the fourth annual podcast-a-thon. That's from 12 to 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. I'll tell you a little bit more about that on next week's episode. Once again, please, stjude.org slash relay to learn more and donate and let's cure childhood cancer together. Should we look at the draft results, Jason Snell? I mean, if we have to, we have to. You, it was keen? a momentous... Look, look Mike. Yes, Jason. Uh, it, it turns out that I could have, I, I would have had to get every question right. Yeah. I would have had to have a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And nobody, nobody gets a perfect score. Nobody gets a perfect score. Except that for you, because you got a perfect score today. One time. You big boy over here. Oh, the yeah. I checked, Jason. Ten. The only time it's ever happened. 10 for We've 10. gotten close before. We both got to nine once. The only thing you missed is the over-under. <laughs> I know. <laughs> there was a moment it where like, it started to get towards the time, and I was like, I was at that point very convinced I was going to get the 10 because of the I only yeah. had one left. And I was like, if something happens and I end up getting screwed on this tiebreaker. Yeah, oh, that would have been the saddest thing ever. No, so, so what I missed, because really we might as well just list the misses because that's mm. all there is. I thought the prices would go up. Not Apple. Tim Cook's holding right? them down. Now, isn't that He's a holding them down. And Inflation, they made a note supply chain. for each one to say the prices were staying the same. Starts right? the same. Because I think there have just been a lot of people believing that that was going to be the case. And that I it think was just that a, they got to flex. Yeah. Really? <laughs> just, no, they did. They did. And, and also make that note that it's like, well, look, this is the same price because the mini was cheaper, right? They're mm-hmm. like, no, no, this is the same price that the the 13 price was for the 14. Um, so I got that one wrong. I got new Apple Watch model is called Pro Wrong, but didn't we all get that one wrong? We'll talk yep. about that. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. We Although I may be in it now, we did not pay a visit to Apple's chip lab. And yeah. so I got seven and you got 10. Mm-hmm. It was one that I thought I wasn't going to get when in the Apple Watch segment, they closed it out, right? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to get that fitness plus. No new watch faces. Well, there was the new watch face. There was the... Oh, because that came in the Ultra. I was always expecting that would be the Ultra, though. I, I, that was where yeah. I thought they would do it. Cause you got it. it needed the new sensors. You know, like maybe there would be a body temperature one, but it actually, we'll talk about it Like when we get to it. The body temperature thing just seems very specific. They're using it not really for, for anything. And new, a new Fitness Plus features thing. Yep. just ended up being, oh, and it'll work on your iPhone, which is great because my daughter called me the other week and said, I want to use Fitness Plus how do I do it? And I said, you don't have an Apple Watch, so you can't. <laughs> That's so interesting, like, right? I texted her and I was like, okay, you're going to be able to do that. What, so do you think the, what do you think the situation with that is? Do you think that they're just wanting to expand it? So I guess this is going to be kind of like, you know, 
I said every device integrates with the Apple Watch, even the Apple TV, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess that they're just going to say like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's it. That they decided now that they've launched it, that um, maybe getting Fitness Plus in front of more people is more important than tying it to the Apple Watch. I'm really intrigued to see thought. how it like translates because there are time like in some of the Fitness Plus classes that I've done. They reference the heart rate and they reference, like, I mean, I guess the clothes in the ring just pops up, but they reference things which they show on the screen, like the burn rate and like where you are compared to other people. Yeah, and like none do. of that's going to be, or the burn, but none of that's going to translate. But it's all non-interactive, right? So, I mean, yeah, they might they may make reference to it or they may just take that out of the scripts going forward. Oh, hey, I don't know. Maybe a thing pops up and says, you should buy an Apple Watch. Buy an Apple Watch, yeah. You know what would be right. great for you right now? Buy an Apple Watch. Yeah. <laughs> that sure. would be really fun. Anyway, congratulations. You were the uh, you were the champion. I don't have to move my banner and neither do you. No. Our pennants remain intact. I would have to check, but I think this might be the first time I've won two on the bounce. I don't think I've ever mm-hmm. done that before. Nope. Uh, nope, well I haven't. Done. So I'm feeling... You're on a roll. not going to lie, Jason. Feels pretty good. Good. Good, good. You know how it feels. I know yeah. how it feels. You know how it feels I've been to there. win. I've been there time before. Time again. But now, you win some, you I lose some. Feels. But it feels good to win. Yeah, it does. All right. Let's thank our first sponsor of this week's episode, and we will start digging in. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Products, services, even the content that you create because Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. Once you set up your website, if you think to yourself, hey, where are my visitors coming from? Which channels are working the best for me? Even where are my sales coming from if you set up a store? Squarespace lets you analyze all of this. Then when you have that data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. And then if you want to take it that one step further, why not encourage your visitors to sign up as email subscribers and stand out in any inbox of a Squarespace email campaign? You can start people on the journey to becoming loyal customers. You just start with an email template. You customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo and then with their built-in analytics you can measure the impact of every send when you want to get a new and also like you set up your first design it's super easy you can also change the new designs they have beautiful templates they're best in class website templates that are so customizable for you to, to fit your needs you can drag and drop content move everything around this is my very favorite thing about squarespace is how easy it is to set up a website and then get it looking how i want and then get what i want out into the world Go and try it out for yourself. Don't just take my word for it. Head to squarespace.com slash upgrade and you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code upgrade to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash upgrade. Then when you sign up, use the offer code upgrade and you will get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and all of Relay FM. I want to start with... What I think may have been the most surprising product or like the product that I feel like maybe we didn't understand in in the exact way uh, going into it, Apple yeah. Watch Ultra. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
that it the, the conversations around this product when we first heard about it from Mark Gurman began with this is an extreme sports watch, right? Yes. Then and then it, we talked ourselves out of it. Then everybody <laughs> did, right? I think including yeah. Mark Gurman. Then started talking about no, this is a pro watch. No, no, this is a sports watch. And Apple Absolutely. multiple times called it a sports watch, the best sports watch. Like that's what they're going for here, right? Yeah, I'm curious about the dynamic that made the initial report successful, like he got it right, and that then everything after that was hedging. And I wonder, partly, I wonder if it might have actually been a reaction to that report that that everybody sort of like played it down Mm -hmm. because they didn't want people to get it completely right that it might have actually been like nah you know it's it's more complicated than that but the truth is that his report was right it and all of us sort of like talked ourselves out of it and, and started saying oh well you know but probably not it'll probably just be aspirational and they'll have those features but they won't really talk about it and that was the thing that struck me just like it struck you that the apple watch ultra is unrepentantly specifically and i think um be, learning the lesson of the original apple watch focusing on the thing that it needs to be, which is a sports watch. And so yeah. it is, you know, what is, what is it? Notifications and, uh, and, and health. It, like those are the things that they figured out that the Apple watch is good for. Well, you know, it clearly one of the Apple watch stories has always been about health and about sports and about activity. And so why don't, and, and there's a sports watch category. So why does the Apple watch mm-hmm. only sort of like barely touch on uh, on the sports watch. So here it is. It, it is unabashedly a sports watch. That that, And I loved that the whole presentation was focused on um, Apple talking to the experts in the field about what they wanted out of it, right? So they get the guy on the uh on the boat <laughs> doing his presentation about his about his dive computer app that's going to be on the Apple Watch and you've got the ultra marathoner and right and, mm-hmm. and all one one after the other saying the message really is we talk to the experts and this these are the features they want and it's all in on on uh on sports that that's it's huge and it's funny because it made sense at the time, yep. but then we all just sort of like thought, nah, they're not going to do that. And they, they, we'll come back to this because there was a lot of that in this. I think, I think a lot of the assumptions about this event were un- people underestimating Apple. Hmm. All right. I mean, I'm excited to pick that apart as we go through. Because big company, yeah. you know, we're, you know, one of the most successful companies in the world, and yet somehow I think sometimes. Uh, we underestimate them or we we kind of blunt their ambition and say, nah, they're not going to do that. And they sometimes they take big shots. I think the thing that I've taken away from this is this really actually could have been called Apple Watch Extreme. Because, yes, it's the sports <laughs> watch, but they really are... They're really pushing on the hard end of sports. Because one of the things that I was intrigued about is going into this like if it's going to be a say it's a pro featured watch or a sports featured watch or whatever how do they stack it up against the others where the the whole promo for the series a is focused around a guy running outside so it's clearly like apple watch ultra is not like now the only one that's going to be positioned as sports right or fitness where this one like all of the promo videos is like no no you do you climb mountains do you run in deserts do you like dive are you a scuba diver like and but also what with what i like about the way they do things 
I find some of those uh, watches to be really ugly because they're built to be utilitarian. I've seen images of this thing. I've seen um, hands-on like photos of it afterwards. It looks really cool. Did you get to see one? It does. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's it's chunky. It looks chunky. Yeah, it's chunky, but like the uh, the face is flat, and and so it's that in that it's very different from other Apple Watch. It's still recognizably an Apple Watch because it's got the 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 curved corners, but its face is flat. And then you know how like the um the the digital crown from the very beginning has meant to be kind of I mean you can almost hear it in Johnny Ive's voice it imparts a a a a bit of elegance of uh, using the language of of watchmaking and the mm-hmm. Apple Watch right it, it is and it is it is a fine kind of elegant control you look at the one on on the Apple Watch Ultra and it's like uh like a gear or something or something right. out of a toolbox it is chunky and heavy and it, it's just it's the same word in a different language almost and then the, the fact that they and then the other button which is designed to kind of disappear is more prominent and action, then there's the big the orange button, button on the other the action button <laughs> action button on the in other orange, side it's all orange. orange right no matter what color you get that's always yeah, international orange. orange the golden gate bridge color i love that orange, color yeah. i'm not gonna like all of the orange is definitely selling me on it i have no doubt that steven's freaking out he loves orange too um yeah and, and they mentioned and it makes sense that right like the crown is and the buttons they're meant to be operated even if you have gloves on have gloves on right right, uh, which right because in a small. lot of these environments you're you're not your hands are are covered so yeah, that's really smart. Also, um, I don't think having having a dedicated button for essentially user assignable or app assignable mm-hmm. on that action button is a it's it's a smart bit of um, I think Apple learning about how people want to use the Apple Watch and thinking about this context, but also more broadly. I was talking to James Thompson a little while ago about um, a watch app that I was thinking of. Uh, wondering why it doesn't exist, and one of the challenges is those buttons sort of have system functions mm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, they they scroll, but like to push in the crown or push in the button, it does system things. And I don't think apps are allowed to take them, right? No. I mean, it would break, right? You'd never be it, able it to would, leave the app. You never, <laughs> you could never leave the app, right? So action button, there it is. It's like, well, this button, and they showed it with that dive computer that the yeah the action button does something in the app. Like the obviously the app is written to support the action button for an action, which is really cool because that's a thing that Apple Watch apps haven't really been able to do, uh, legally at least, before. So, yeah, I, I love that this is, um, you know, it's a big chunky watch and it, that, it, it does what it's good at. It's got a big battery um, and then they've got their low power mode that makes it an even longer, longer lived battery and uh, it's all good. It's the uh, David Smith mode, right? But they didn't really give any information about that. I don't know if you know anything no. more. And there's low power mode, and and they didn't they like specifically didn't call it that, right? So I think that maybe there's a vari- variation on that or something for the Apple Watch Ultra. I mean, I expect that it has low power mode because it's in WatchOS nine. I assume it has that. Right. It probably gets like seven months of battery life. Uh, but they they referenced like. 60 hours of battery life with enhancements like i expect it is a kind of like adventure mode or something adventure right? mode, yeah where it's still Perhaps. more more functionable um i want it there's a couple of design more functional yeah that's, that's a word don't worry about it yeah uh, okay a couple of design things that i wanted to get your take on so the screen is flat and the case comes up and surrounds it what does that look like it seems interesting 
it uh, i i don't even know how to describe it it's a it's a, just a flat face and then it's got a uh, titanium ring around it basically and there's a little bit of a chamfer on the side and all that but it's 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 a really different look in from one direction right yeah. like the edges look very apple watch but the flatness is very because it's got it's, it's almost got like a camera bump look to me now where it's like you've got the the, the part and then it's like a, a shelf that sits on top of it right you know like over the time our camera bumps they get like yeah little protrusions it kind of has that kind of look to it in a weird way I mean, I'm sure they did a lot of uh, sort of rugged ruggedness testing too, mm-hmm. of like what what are the shapes, you know, what's going to reduce the impact so it doesn't break and you know it doesn't it doesn't smash on the side of it or on the on the front of it, like just so that it can survive in these environments. Rock. I saw Ice. a friend of the show, Quinn Nelson of Snazzy Labs, tweeting because Quinn's a big watch guy, and he helped me with uh, a, a, a term, crown god. So when mm-hmm. uh, when something on a, when you have like because you've got the, the digital crown has that bump right and the bump kind of goes around it, yeah. It's called a crown god in in watch terms. So we have the we have the the, the phrase now for how to describe the bump that sits on the on the side now. Crown guard. Okay. Crown guard. It has um, all of them have cellular, which makes sense, right, for some of the stuff that yep. they describe later on. Um, and I think also just simplifies the offering. Uh, Seven ninety nine, which I think, I actually, do you know what? I don't know what I think about that price. Seven ninety nine. I haven't thought about it until just now. I would not have guessed that it would be that low. Honestly, I was thinking that this was going to be a nine ninety nine kind of watch. Right now, we'll have to think about where it fits given its functionality and all of that. But i i would have I would have overshot on that. I wanted to mention the the uh, whole dual band GPS and um, on yeah. top of all that 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 compass where you can set waypoints and there's a way back. So if you get lost, it's actually been tracking where you've been moving. How cool and is that? And you can retrace your steps. Yep. It's like the Brad That's Crumb amazing. Apple Watch, you know? Just, it is. It's like Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Gretel. Would Apple Watch, it. Hansel and Gretel. <laughs> Another rejected name. Uh-huh. A little bit long, a little wordy. I think that is a cool feature. That's And yeah, they've done some stuff that I don't really understand, but I believe them when they're like, they put new GPS stuff in there to the dense urban conditions was a really interesting idea because i know this is something that i've struggled with you're like in a big city and your iphone just freaks out because it doesn't know where you are anymore so i really hope they bring this technology to their other devices not just the apple watch ultra in the future the siren that they've put on the watch (laughs) that you can hear from up to 180 meters away which is powered by a bigger louder speaker and they put three microphones on it i think so they can do some noise cancellation stuff if you're as they showed in right. the video climbing a mountain face and you need to call base camp it literally said base right. camp on the on on the watch yeah, screen, I, yeah. Was that funny. was the that was where where he was calling was base camp yeah I, I think the idea there too that this is a watch that they they think a common use case is going to be out on its own without an iphone attached to it using cellular and you have to use it to communicate and all of those things kind of follow from that i i was impressed because you know this was what 45 minutes at the beginning of the presentation i mean the apple watch was not a footnote to this presentation and this particular model. I mean, the regular Apple Watch, we can talk about we'll it. Get to there's it. There's not yeah. as much there's mm-hmm. not as much interesting in there. There are a few things, but this Apple Watch Ultra, um, they had so much and I, I didn't feel bored by most of it no. because it was more like they kept piling things on. I I, I lost a little focus when they, we went to the guy on the boat talking about the dive computer. Yeah, just because I don't understand away. what he's talking about. But 
It seems interesting. And I started to wonder, did they make the did they shoot that out on a boat or did they like have him be in like in front of a screen and and bumped him around there because he was he was being bumped around and he probably had to loop all his dialogue and it, it I, I I did take a moment and think about the filmmaking at that point because and and Apple refers to this as a film by the way because Tim Cook came out on stage at the Steve Jobs Steve Jobs Theater today before the presentation like okay. he did at WWDC and he said good morning good morning, good morning. and then he said um. Something interesting, which was, and and since you didn't see it, I'll tell you, uh, it's been three years since the last event here, and we really miss doing these events. Hmm. And uh, but he said we've made these films, and we th- we really like how the these films are put together and how they get our product out there. And we hope you enjoy the film. It was right. very much what I that what I've been saying, then, which is it? <laughs> it's it's the director's it's the director uh, introducing the film at the film festival, and then. In this case, I think he might have even been in the front row afterward. But uh, but then we just watched the watched the film, as it were. But um, I thought it was uh, very very impressive. And while the Apple Watch Ultra, a name that they've been using, that they you know they use with the M1 so Ultra, the M1, right? Yeah. So it's it's been floating out there, and it's a superlative, right? It, you could call it extreme, but Ultra is sort of like this is the this is the most. Um, so it was in the palette and so they chose to use it. I think it's an interesting product, not, you know, not necessarily a product that I'm personally interested in, but I love, it is the antithesis of that original Apple watch presentation. If you think back, right. Which was very much like, what's it for? Well, I mean, anything. And this is like, this is what it's for. (laughs) Like we, this watch was born for a purpose. And I love, I love products like that, that know what they are. Yeah. Yeah. This is, is the most focused of any Apple Watch, for sure, um, of like what it's made for. They even made three new watch bands to go alongside it, and they're named very clearly. Alpine Loop, Trail Loop, Ocean Band. If you can't work out what they're meant for, they can't help you. But they look cool, though. They do look... I love the look of the Alpine Band. And I, I, I think I did see, Jason, that these will work on the larger of the two existing watches. Nice. And if you have bands, they will still fit on these. But, you know, okay. they might not match up exactly, but that's kind of how that's how that's going to work. What I'll say is um, I am really intrigued to see one of these. I'm really intrigued to put one on. It is. N- I do not believe this is my everyday aesthetic for what I'm looking for in a watch. Now, I could imagine there are times where this would look really good with some of the clothes that I wear, Um, especially with, like, some of the orange pops and, like, stuff like that. I just think, like, you know, you could... Wearing the right set of clothes would look really good. What I like about my current Apple Watch, and I use the gold stainless steel, is I... It looks simple enough when it... In a regular day, but I can dress it up. I feel like this watch is going to be difficult to dress up. I think it it will always scream what it is. But if you are, you know, like this really does feel to me similar in aesthetic to the G-Shock, which is what we've been talking about for a long time, in that it is big and it is bulky and you know what it is when you see it and you can't hide that. But you, it looks cool if that's what you're into. Let's be honest, if you invite an ultramarathoner over to dinner, even if they dress up, you know they're an ultramarathoner. And they want to tell you too, so this is the easy way for them to tell you. You could be like, oh, that's a big watch. You're like, oh yeah, 
I need this watch. I used because, it to run across the Sahara Desert. <laughs> because when I run across deserts, I need the battery life. You know, yeah. They, mm-hmm. It's an easy. If you are an ultra marathoner, you've congratulations. You now have a new way to tell people. <laughs> I use this to orient myself out of a a snow mm. blind situation where I had to go back to my base camp. I called my base camp. I keep them in my contacts list as base camp. Just well, I mean, because who hasn't got their base camp in the con? If you're gonna I mean, call base camp, why would you not put them in? The why would you not? List? The one last thing I did want to mention, I just thought it was interesting. Okay, uh, the depth app that they've worked yeah. on, that they partnered with an existing company to do that. I just think right. That's really interesting, um, but I think, I think that it's it it's not. I don't think it's called. They referenced it as like a depth app, but I don't think. I think it's just they worked with this company called Oceanic Plus to integrate this new thing, and it's like really well done. It looks like yeah, the app is Oceanic Plus from yeah. Hewish Outdoors, right? But it looks very Apple-y in its design. I think it looks like that. I really do believe that this was a. Uh, uh, oh, there is a depth app. Okay, so I've gotten that confused. I'm looking at the Apple Ultra page now. Oh, there's two. Yeah, it automatically uses the depth app, and then there's Oceanic Plus, this which is the dive computer. Yeah. Dive computer app from a third party. Cost unknown. So super cool. Super, super cool. Yeah, so that um, $7.99 order today. Some products were ordered today, which is interesting. Yeah. But this Arrives one's on the 23rd. on the 23rd of September, so a couple of weeks away. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Sourcegraph. So you've just hired a developer. That's super awesome. But now you have to get them onboarded. If your company's growing, onboarding new developers will be a common occurrence, but it's a big undertaking every single time. As well, like one of the things that's going to be the biggest challenges you're going to see is that for new hires to get up to speed with the project that they're working on, this can be really tricky. If the code bases your developers are working in are already large, it can be really hard to take that information in. Thankfully, Sourcegraph make it easy to move fast even in big and large code bases. Developers know that information is the most useful when it is findable, right? Because you want to find the information. Centralization can be helpful for this, but given the fact that companies store knowledge in at least two different locations, how do you make that knowledge accessible to those that need it? As a code intelligence platform, Sourcegraph gives developers what they need to drive their own learning over time and in different situations. Teams without Sourcegraph have to rely on asking colleagues or reviewing out-of-date documentation. This can be cumbersome and time-consuming. But with Sourcegraph, every developer can search across millions of repositories to find specific code, saving time for themselves and everyone else. So when questions do come up, you know it's the big stuff worthy of the extra time. Sourcegraph was created to make developers' lives easier, and today, they work with leading companies across every industry, including three out of the five top tech companies, plus PayPal, Uber, Plaid, GE, Reddit, and Atlassian. Visit about.sourcegraph.com to learn more. That is about.sourcegraph.com to learn why some of the biggest tech companies in the world use Sourcegraph and to see what it can do for yours, or just click the link in the show notes to let them know that you heard about them from this show. Our thanks to Sourcegraph for their support of this show and Relay FM. That wasn't the only Apple Watch. Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, there was the Apple Watch Series 8, which there were points during the presentation where I couldn't work out if they were telling me there were new features to the watch or not. Uh-huh. Where yeah, well, they were telling me what the Apple Watch Series 8 could do and what it was good at and the features that it had. And I was like, uh, 
do we not? Does it not already do this? <laughs> I was very confused yeah. for for quite well, a that, bit. That of happened this. with the iPhone too, but definitely there's a uh, like they they ran that uh, that commercial basically. It's a film within a film, if you will, and they they did the um, it lists like, hey, you're doing stuff with your Apple Watch, and you know, it included the new features along with all the other things that it mm-hmm. does. And I understand that when you're trying to communicate the product, you want to, on one level, you want to communicate the totality of the product. Whereas we're kind of like interested in what is new and the new one that you're introducing today. And so we got with the regular old Apple Watch, there's not a lot here. Um, it, it includes a feature that is, it turns out is spanning the Apple Watch and the iPhone, which is the crash detection, which is yep. following on from from uh, fall detection in the Apple Watch, they now have across the watch and the iPhone this crash detection idea because they've built in a new, um, it's like a new gyroscope, new accelerometer, um, a barometric sensor, and they mm-hmm. built it together where it can basically determine if you're in a car crash using a machine learning model. And it will, so the, the previously, if you fell while running with an Apple Watch, it would do this. Um, speaking of somebody who fell while running with an Apple Watch. How does it time with the iPhone? Uh, the iPhone has crash detection too, but like, so if I had a crash and I just had my iPhone in the car, it, it, would it detects also a crash. Do the yeah. Same thing. Yes. Okay, that's interesting. Because yeah. obviously, feature. full detection is not on the iPhone. Yeah. Right. right. So but just, same same feature uh, for this that they've and it looks like cool. the, they've put the same sensors in both devices. So crash detection is not an Apple Watch only feature. It's also an iPhone feature. Hmm. Um, but it was first introduced here. Um, you know, better battery life. Low power mode again, you know that they're. But doing... these are what some of these these are watchOS nine features, right? Like that was also exactly there was like a lot of exactly. watchOS nine features, like oh hey you can do you can uh, do low power mode series four mode. and later Workouts. cellular it now will support international warning series five onward roaming <laughs> international yeah. roaming there we go we if, if you need to roam you can but roam. it did get um, a new sensor and this it was did the temperature, temperature the temperature sensor, sensor. so. So, remember what I said about how Apple doing new sensors in the Apple Watch is a delicate balance of what it's allowed to make medical claims about mm-hmm. for uh, FDA reasons? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think what's interesting here is what they're allowed to talk about and what they're, what I, I presumably they either aren't allowed to talk about or weren't satisfied that the results were worth it. Because right. what we didn't get is let's say you're running a fever, we'll warn you. It It's just not claimed at all. This is a feature that has been very specifically limited to cycle tracking mm-hmm. and retrospective ovulation estimation. And I, w- I want to say, so often the tech industry gets criticized because the perception is, and, and I think the reality is, it's a lot of men making decisions about features for men and not for women. And so to see a major health feature in the Apple Watch that is dedicated to ovulation and ovulation estimation, I think is interesting. I think it's an interesting uh, milestone in terms of of uh, of doing this. I also think it's interesting because, okay, I don't know the backstory of this this feature and this sensor and the probably years long attempt to get this in an Apple Watch, but I wonder. Is this what they initially thought would be the banner feature? Or 
did they try and try and try to get a temperature sensor in the Apple Watch? And in mm-hmm. the end, this was the thing that it was capable of actually using it for, right? Like this yeah. is the one where they're like, well, we can we can check, you know, because when we were having kids, it was, you know, temping. Like, like she said in the presentation, it's temping to figure out when the ovulation is and all of that. And like, well, we can do that on the Apple Watch. That's awesome. But I, I part of me thinks, was that always all you were looking for was that i mean great if it was but there are other things you could probably do with a temperature sensor too uh that that are not claimed here so yeah. but this is cool I, I i remember i mean my kids are in college now right so i remember thinking back to the excel spreadsheet with temperatures in it that we had 20 years ago and i think this is pretty awesome but even within what it can do it seems limited for at least from the way they described it and you have to wear it at night to benefit from this. It right? is. It is an overnight feature. that they're, right. they're, they're metering you every five seconds overnight. Overnight. Where, which is, yeah, clearly, because what they, they said is, although it's interesting because it's got the two temperature sensors, so it's trying to reduce the noise of the temperature of your environment and, and remove that from the equation. Like, if you're, are you in a hot room or are you in a cold room? What's the difference between the temperature mm-hmm. at the top of the watch and the bottom of the watch? That's interesting. But then overnight, they feel like that's when you can get the best guess about what your kind of actual resting body temperature is, um, not during the day. So you have to wear it at night in order to do this tracking. But that seems like a potentially, and I would love to know otherwise, a, a limit of the sensitivity of the technology mm-hmm. right yeah i i think i think they must have tried it again i'm just assuming here i am assuming that they tried it to work all the time and found that there was too much noise during the day yeah and whilst very useful for those trying to have children or otherwise to understand like the to understand ovulation is really important retrospectively is helpful for planning. Yeah. That's but it. it's not like I want to know right now. Yeah. You know, or like I want to institute this in the morning every day. To, you know, like right. so it Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it it's very much like again, what's the story there and are they not allowed to do it or is it that they tried that and they thought this is not reliable? And and do you want to be do you want to be the <laughs> blamed when <laughs> When when mm-hmm. you say okay, I think you might be ovulating now, and like, well, my Apple Watch said I was, um, so I don't know. But what I will say about this, this has been, I think, uh, my hope is they learn from the blood, blood oxygen sensor, because the blood oxygen right. sensor also came with a bunch of caveats, and really the story was, hey, you can do this, but with no link between right. what it might be actually realistically useful for and this whilst caveated is useful is useful right because you Mm -hmm. can use this along with the other things you're doing to track ovulation yeah as another data point yeah and and to track the menstrual cycle and uh notify for cycle deviations which is also a a useful health feature Mm -hmm. it's all good it's all good um you're right the rollout is tangible in that way In, in in and this is a claim that can be made, which is great. I, I just I'm happy, I have, I'm happy with all it. of these features. I'm curious about what the story is behind their conception, mm-hmm. and then no pun intended, Hey-o. and and their and 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 what finally gets um, put out there, and if there are features that died along the way yeah. because they weren't, you know, that they that there was too much noise or it was unreliable. And I'm uh, on one level, 
like you, I, I'm glad to see that this actually came to pass because um, otherwise you end up in a situation where it's really awkward and you're like, well, we have a sensor. What does mm-hmm. it do? So I'm, I don't know. If, if, because I know we've been hearing about this for a while, if they've maybe held off on this so they could do this with it, then great. Because even if not perfect, this is a feature. You know, it's like in the same yeah. way of like Love it. the ECG, you know, you can't use it in place of every other type of ECG available, but it can right. give you useful information. On that, by the way, to take a slight turn, so Apple love to do their like stories, right? Like, Right. These were extreme. Guy falls into a garbage truck. A bear breaks into the living room. It's like, oh my yeah. god! These are getting a lot more than they have I been love in the, the I love that they all—they are all introduced, and you—you you can't see them yet. You can only hear them. And the one guy is whispering. Yeah, I was like, like, what's what that happened about? to him? That he's I was like, I'm intrigued. And the answer is, there's a bear. Is the answer? There was <laughs> yeah. a bear in they there. Also, the the filmmaking there, where they're like, <laughs> hey, um, woman who. Who had a was in a plane crash? Plane crash. We're gonna make we're gonna make a set of a crashed plane and put you in it f- to sell an Apple Watch. How do you feel about that? I, I was wondering that myself. How does she <laughs> any post traumatic stress from that incident? Or are we yeah. all good here? You know what I mean? Like how are you feeling? Yeah. Uh, but and that one also was introduced halfway through. Right? It wasn't introduced in the beginning. Yes. They knew the yeah. hit they had on that one. Yeah. I will say. I do love every time one of these starts, I'm like, again, and then when it ends, I'm like, that was real good. Yeah. No, I, I really like that a lot. Although my famous my favorite filmmaking craft note will come it I think comes later, um, in the iPhone where there's an amazing it's almost like the the child of the home set happened. Did you notice that one? Yes. Where there's the sub mm-hmm. the subway and the and the and the jackhammer man and the cafe. Um well, that was in the iPhone presentation, right? Yes. Or was no, it AirPods? AirPods. AirPods. That was, was the AirPods. AirPods. Pro. Okay. That was I loved. I love that. Just, just I want to point it out if people didn't notice, um, it starts with those like fun pans where like, oh, she's in the subway, but now she's stepped out of the doors of the subway and she's in an alley mm-hmm. with a jackhammer guy behind her. And I'm thinking that seems a little artificial. I wonder. Uh, it, it, again, I'm thinking about the filmmaking. And then she steps into the cafe, and I said, well, this is very stylized and artificial, um, but it's fun. And then she steps out of the cafe forward and she's on a stage and it pulls back and you see the three things and they're both they're all in like boxes in in a set behind where she's standing and i thought it was so i thought that was so clever to call out the artifice of it so i guess tim cook is right it is mm-hmm. a film all right fine there have been a few people in our Discord, which is a member's Discord. You can get access to it if you sign up at getupgradeplus.com. You also get longer, ad-free versions of every episode of Upgrade, including this one. Including uh, this one. People say, like, surely they're actors in the Apple Watch presentation. I know two people personally who wrote those letters been in, in those. and who've been in those. And yes. we had an Upgrade listener, so a three. Yes. Do you remember there was that time I th- we mentioned uh-huh. it? Because Kyle, friend of the show Kyle, was in mm-hmm. one, and then somebody else wrote in and said I was in. Like, that was me uh, was, too. So three. That was me. So in the yeah. past, they've used the real people, and I will yeah, those say are the real, those are real people. Some of those did not feel like actors' performances for sure. So yeah. I, I think they're the real people, and honestly, I feel like that's the way you should do it. Like if you're going to read real people's stories, you should give those people the ability to tell those stories, and they do that, and mm-hmm. I like that they do that if they're going to do agree. it. So I think that's Apple Watch Series 8. Um, order today, shipping yeah. on the 16th. 
I will tell mm-hmm. you, Jason, I'm actually pretty happy. I don't want a new Apple Watch. I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not planning on upgrading. That's fine. There isn't, but, but I'm happy about that. I think I've said this before. It's actually something I want from the Apple Watch that they do enough to get me every two to three years. I don't want or need this to be replaced every year, and so I'm pretty happy about right. it. But Adina's on a season, a series four, and she's like, "I really want one." So I'm like, perfect, because we, I've been one, I've been wanting to upgrade her anyway because I think she would benefit from the always-on display because I think it makes a huge difference right. to yeah, wearing the watch great. frequently. Um, and these features, she's like, I want one, so we're going with that. Apple Watch SE. They 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 redid it, everybody. They redid it. I think for me, yeah. they've done it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Now, Mike Hurley has been a staunch uh, critic critic of the of Apple Watch SE. The Apple Watch SE, because at three hundred and twenty nine dollars, which I think it was before, if I'm right, two ninety nine, two ninety nine, it was two ninety nine, too expensive. And right. the and the series three was one ninety nine, right? Yep. It's now two. So now they got it at two forty nine for the second generation. Yeah. Same same system in package as the the big Apple Watch, the Series Eight. So you're not really you know, but it's it's the it's the older display. It was two seventy nine before. Okay. So it's it's cheaper, but it's even cheaper. though I would love to see it at one ninety nine, like that's the number I want them to hit. Two forty nine for a brand new Apple Watch of any description, I think yeah. is good. I think that's I fine. I agree, and it's and it's a more advanced, like the display is more advanced. Like it, it's better in a bunch of ways where it it doesn't feel like uh, obviously. And they mentioned the kid thing, and there was there was just a story I think in the New York Times about this about the about um kids with apple watches mm-hmm. and uh like that's a thing that's a real thing and, and they get a lot of these that are like that so that you for that you want the cellular model but um they'll they obviously did some work to get the price down a little bit uh presumably that nylon composite on the back might be part of that but it allows it to match the colors a little bit more and uh good to see it glad to see it's there and and that apple seems to be comfortable at 249 as the base of the uh the apple watch they said 80 percent of Apple Watch SE owners, it's the first time Apple Watch just makes sense, especially if they're going to totally. young people. Yep. Uh, it includes motion sensors for crash detection, so it has all of that. What it still doesn't have, and I will say to Apple's credit, they have a key differences on their comparison page now to show you what differs like very specifically between the models that you're suggesting, or that you're looking at. Things it doesn't have, which I think are, are big things, uh, doesn't have the ECG app, and some of that kind of stuff. It just does high heart rate. Um, I don't think this is important, but it doesn't have the blood oxygen sensor. But the biggest one, which I am actually pretty disappointed about, is no always-on display. Right. Like, I think for yep. 249, there should be an always-on display. But I will say now, 249, for something that's brand new, I think they've hit a good point. But what they don't have anymore is a sub-$200 Apple Watch because the Series 3 has gone away, and they are not keeping around the original SE at all in the lineup. So the Apple Watch lineup starts at new SE, and that's it, which is interesting, right? Yeah, love it. This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Bombas. Bombas's mission is simple, to make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold of an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. 
There's a pair of Bomber socks for everything you do. They come in tons of options like comfy performance styles with sweat-wicking yarns, which means your feet stay cool while the rest of you works up a sweat. And their no-show socks are designed for comfort while being specifically engineered to never fall down. So let your ankles be free to soak up the sunlight. I'm wearing those ones today. I love their no-show socks. They're so comfortable. My favorite thing on them is they have this like padding at the back, which is really great for pulling the socks up and putting them on, but also keeps my ankles protected because otherwise my shoes can rub on them. The the Bombas is no-show socks, the only socks that I've ever worn that have been this comfortable, and I get no problems from the shoes that I wear. It's fantastic. Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and the perfect weight so they hang just right. And Bombas' underwear is breathable, fits well, and has a barely-there feel that might make you forget they're there, but in a good way. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested items at homeless shelters, and that is why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com upgrade and use the code upgrade for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot upgrade and the code upgrade at checkout. Bombas.com upgrade, the code upgrade. Our thanks to Bombas for their support of this show and Relay FM. Let's talk AirPods Pro real quick. Okay. Um, they put a new chip in it, uh, combined yeah. with some new drivers. They're apparently saying it's vastly better uh, audio quality. Yeah, I did not test this out because there was a long wait and it was in a loud room. I guess I could have tested the noise canceling a little bit, but I want to hear it for myself to find out. But they, they did say the quality was better. Um High bandwidth. I, I I don't know exactly. Wh- I mean, did they go into specifics? Are they really just like hand, high bandwidth connectivity, and you know what that means? And then, did they make any claims beyond that? Like spatial? No. They didn't. Did they talk about lossless or higher bit rates or no. anything like that? They no, just said high bandwidth connectivity on the pages either about that. So, so more to come there. Probably is my guess is that they, there was a feature that they were not ready to talk about, so they didn't talk about it. Um, but it, it's implied, um, big thing though, is the precision finding, right? So like, um, I believe you can precision find the case and the individual ear, uh, earbuds, um, which is great. <laughs> like you can go into find mine and it's like, where's the left earbud? It's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the case. And the little speaker. So your case will chirp too mm-hmm. and let you know where it is. So, you know, bring it, bring it to the Apple TV remote next, but two more um, features on the case. They put a yep. lanyard loop thing in there, right? Right. But Apple doesn't make a lanyard. The company Incase mm. make a lanyard, and Apple have two or three of them available on their store. I think it's weird to put the holes on the case and not make a lanyard yourself. It's a little weird. It seems like quite a, a strange weird. thing to have done to then just have one third-party manufacturer <laughs> available with these things right now. I now, mean, admi- they, they know admittedly, that literally everybody in the world will make a lanyard case. Yeah, and admittedly, thing. there are already lanyards made by everyone, right? In existence. But it still was just a funny thing to me that they, they did that. Um, the case now as well, you can use an Apple Watch charger to charge it. Yes. Yeah, it means that any of those combo, uh, combo chargers that have an Apple Watch yep. charger now, that is also a, an AirPods Pro case charger. Yeah, that's a nice little extra. So you can use the Travel Duo thing that they have, and even if you don't have an mm-hmm. Apple Watch, you can benefit from it. I just think that's really cool. Uh, it's like a good thing to have, and it means that companies don't have to make the three-charger thing anymore. They can just make a two-charger right. thing. And, and the thing that we've been asking for since the very beginning, 
capacitive sensor mm. so that you can actually run your finger up and down to do volume control. That's something I'm that really everybody's intrigued like, about. Why that. don't you make it like a trackpad? And they're like, mm, you, you know, we think you should tap on the side of your head. And then later they're like, we think you should squeeze. That's what you should do. And now it's like, okay, you can you can squeeze and stuff, but you can also just run your finger up and down and do a volume control. That's pretty cool. I'm intrigued about that because I remember when they went from AirPods to AirPods Pro, I stopped thinking about that because I felt the stems are too small now. And so yet, I'm somehow, really intrigued to see what that feels like. There is also an extra small ear tip. Great if you yes. have tiny ears, right? That's good. Good for um, tiny ear people. Oh, and the, the active noise cancellation seems to have been vastly improved. Yeah, Double the amount before. I'm really intrigued. I'm I'm very much interested in the the part that they're doing with their own tech. And then they, they seem to suggest that the that the the making the you know sticking it in your ear uh-huh. that seal is part of it too so they work together but yeah I'm I'm this is I I love AirPods Pro and I use mine all the time so I'm really looking forward to trying this out and seeing how they actually sound and feel is during this part of the presentation that there was a cameo from Heli from Severance yeah I got Walk, that one getting I on didn't, a train didn't, didn't win the draft for me, but hell, and at the end she comes back. Yeah, at the very end of the credits, she flickers into an out of existence. It's on her the train standing on the, the 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 train, train platform. platform. Of all of did you the notice, shows, did you notice the train's uh, info board? The train is on an infinite loop. That's okay. the that's the train line. It's the infinite loop, and the next stop is the Milky Way Road. Okay, that's weird. It's in the uh, galaxy there. I will say of all of the TV shows to have a cameo, Severance is an odd one. We had, me and you had spoken about this, I think, mm-hmm. about the idea of them going down a floor and they go past the Severance floor. Did we talk about this yeah. in last week's episode? We did, we did because there was the, the idea that um, Stephen Colbert had done filming. his Severance thing and they were filming and so maybe there was an opportunity to do something there. Mm-hmm. That's not what they did, but I, if you look at, at Apple's TV app right now, like the two big things that are promoting because they're the Emmy nominees are Severance and Ted Lasso. So mm-hmm. Severance gives them something that's not Ted Lasso to talk and about. And also, Severance is the new darling, right? Because It is. Because Teddy, he's done this year, apparently. Ted's so, going out the door, but Severance is coming back. So yeah, And also, yeah. you know, like I think Severance has had the most recent uh, popular acclaim. Ted Lasso yeah. season two didn't have a strong popular acclaim as season one did. No, it's the hot new hot new thing. Let's talk about the iPhone. Hey, yep. here we are. We got there. Can you believe it? iPhone we 14. Got, we got 50 minutes to talk about the iPhone now. Let's do it. iPhone 14 and 14 plus. 14 plus. Yeah, it's Plus Club. Mm-hmm. Plus Club is back. Plus, plus, Club. plus yeah. Club has reopened its doors. Mm-hmm. A club that I was never a member of. No. Uh, you were, I mean, obviously we knew this was going to happen, but this is the end of the road for many. It is. Sure. How are you feeling? I mean, I've had two years to prepare, I feel like, for this. (laughs) And the answer is, that's why I bought one last year, is because I knew it was the last one. Both get a little bit of extra battery life. That's like an important thing right off the top. Sure. And the 14 plus, because of its size, and I guess the feature, the feature that it has, uh, it is the biggest battery in an iPhone ever, or like the longest lasting battery in an iPhone ever, mm-hmm. which makes yeah. sense, really. In the in the 14 Plus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the A15 Bionic chip is powering it all. Okay. Weird, right? All right. The way they said okay. this. All right. Like, uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was under the impression that the iPhone 
14 or uh, yeah, the iPhone 14 and 14 Pro were powered by the A15 Bionic chip and there was only one and that was the chip. The way it was pitched in the presentation was asp I think aspirational for the future of the iPhone, which is what they didn't say is this is the same chip that was in the iPhone 13 line. They said this is the chip that was in the iPhone 13 Pro. Yes. Now, going forward, I suspect this is what will happen. Yes. Is that the Pro chip will next year be the regular chip, and then the Pro gets the new chip. Yeah. But that didn't happen this year. (laughs) But they acted as if it did. Yes. Which is just amazing and fascinating. But yeah, it's the same chip. It's the same chip. Same chip. Yeah, because they said this was year. this was the 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 chip in the uh, the iPhone 13 Pro. It was. I mean, it and me also the, the iPhone 13. <laughs> and also the iPhone 13. Yeah, in fact, it was the iPhone 13 Pro introduced this amazing chip that you already know because it was also in the iPhone yeah. 13. Um, yeah, that was that was a, a head scratcher for me. Like I, I admire, I admire their commitment to the bit. But I think that is, a, that is an aspirational thing. Mm-hmm. And like, look, what, what are you going to say? We didn't change the chip. So like emphasize the positive. So that's what they're, they're going to do is their chip. Actually, the part that they did that I thought they would do, and I'm glad that they did, is the part where they said, we're way ahead. We're so far ahead that the competition hasn't even passed the iPhone 11 yeah. yet. That was a fun little shot at the mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, if I look at this, the fact that they're taking a year off from the chip development in the lower end iPhone, I it's almost like reaping the the rewards of being so far ahead. Like you're mm. so far ahead that you can stop and take a break for for some of your phones, if not all of them, and they're still going to be ahead. They're still going to be great, and I think that's what's going on here. Okay, the, the Discord is very excited, and so we, I must address this before we okay. also so people can close their Twitter apps too. This chip has the five-core GPU that the Pro version of the chip had, so they were the same so chips. So that's the difference. The de- that's the difference is that yes. they binned the the number of GPUs. Yes, but okay. Realistically, let's all agree that one GPU core. You're not gonna feel it. <laughs> like I just just so we all can agree here that yes, yes just you're to be, just technically to be clear. correct, but ultimately yet, this is the thing. Um, that is I think the, the weakest as well of as the chip. We are seeing now. I and th- 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 you were alluding to this for sure. Of like maybe we're going to get a bit more of this going forward because they talk about improvements to the camera, and a lot of the features referenced on the camera were features that were in the previous Pro models, like sensor shift, optical image stabilization, faster aperture, and better low light performance. Yes. Autofocus yes. on the front facing camera. Like this is stuff that came to the Pro phones before, and I now it's being rolled down. Very excited about this. I I didn't notice it during the presentation, but a friend of the show, one two John John Voorhees, mentioned it afterwards on Twitter. Apple now calls the wide camera the main camera. Finally, because mm, we've been calling good. it main camera for a long time because it's just clearer, and they're doing that now. Deep Fusion got a shout out. It did, and I was hoping it went further. It it didn't just get a shout out, Mike. It yeah. went further up the pipeline. I was hoping. We would hear about Deep Fusion today because they would say no more Deep Fusion. But no, 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 no. It is now a part of the Photonic Engine. The Photonic However, Engine. The way they describe everything. the Photonic Engine seems to do what I am looking for, which is 
more detail, brighter colors. Because I think Deep Fusion darkens images. Mm. And so I'm excited about this new thing. They brought uh, it up the pipeline. They brought it up the pipeline. And when that's you bring what, it up that's the pipeline, what you, and, and it's trying to solve perhaps the problem that you had with it yep. by doing that. I think, I, I just want to say, I don't envy the marketers who have to describe something like this, right? Yes. Because what, what they're really saying is, we changed our photographic pipeline and the way we process multiple images in order to do, and like they have to invent things like deep fusion and the photonic engine. They've got to explain in a sort of vague, but sort of understandable way to regular people, what exactly it does. And when, you know, the alternative would be it's better. Okay. Like (laughs) it just, it's better. Just that's it. It's better. And instead they try like photonic engine and we're, you know, we branded it and we move it up the pipeline and it improves the low light and, which is great. I mean, we'll have to see it. I like that they brand a thing. Now there's a new brand, which includes the old branded The terms. old brand. And then in like sure. four more years, the Photonic Engine is going to become a part of Ultra Tele Pro. And then, you know. Yeah, exactly like, right. And don't forget, we also got a new mode. Action mode. Action mode. What do you yeah, think's happening just, with this? Which is just a it's stable it's more aggressive anti-stable or you know stabilization anti-shake stuff yeah. but it seems to be something that that you they put in a mode or a, a toggle to turn it on and I off. I could imagine so that, it maybe zooms in the image a bit so you yeah, get that's, some play with Yeah, the, that's that's something like that is probably what's going on. And they're saying so you don't need to gamble anymore. Is that whole thing, right? Yeah, but but you wouldn't want to use this all the time. Mm-hmm. This is this is something you turn on because you know you're going to be doing this. So there are obviously trade-offs involved. Like you said, maybe they're zooming in or something like that, but but that it's there. I will say with the photonic engine thing, it was something that they kept mentioning, which is interesting. It applies to all of the cameras. All of the cameras get this yes. benefit, which is Yeah, cuz cool. it's the pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's it's happening within the, image in the pipeline, pipeline that they built. It's all, it's, it's further up. All U.S. models, eSIM now. Of this, uh, yeah, eSIM. eSIM. We, the, that, this was the introduced in the We Love eSIMs segment. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, and I'm sure it's good for Apple because they get rid of the SIM tray and they don't have to, they don't have to engineer that and they don't have to cut it out of the side of the, of the, the frame and they don't have to leave space on the inside and have a SIM reader or any of that stuff. Um, it makes me uneasy just because I still use a SIM card because I keep transferring it to different phones that I'm reviewing. Um, so that's interesting. But So I looked into this a little bit. Yeah. Apple has a support document. As part of the quick setup thing, you're able to transfer the SIM card that's in a phone to an eSIM on a new phone. Right. Which is my, interesting. What, the only things that give me hesitation are are things that are more about me than they're about the, the regular person, right? Because yeah. for me, it's like, well, if I want to try four different phones now i have to transfer my eSIM to that phone and then transfer it to this one and how many transfers and does does my carrier get upset that i'm transferring my eSIM around or do they not care maybe they don't care but i'm always worried that they're going to say oh this guy's changed his eSIM 10 times so we're going to flag his account or something like that so but i think i'm just gonna have to give up and embrace the eSIM now because sim cards are dumb right sim cards are stupid Mm -hmm. we shouldn't have them anymore no way it's like like the, why? Why should we ever? Yeah, we shouldn't have them anymore. And I, I have a similar thing to you. I'm like intrigued because so uh, these iPhones come out when I'm in Memphis for the podcastathon. I'm going to try and get an American phone. I will have to see if I can transfer my British eSIM to an American uh, phone. Who mm. knows? Right? We'll who find knows? out. I'll let you know how it goes, Jason. Amazing we can talk about it. But I, you know, I want to get one. So. 
Far out, Mike. Far out. Far out, baby. Far out. Far out. The answer is, after a year, literally, this was the rumor for last year's iPhone event, after a year of rumors, the satellite emergency feature, emergency SOS by satellite, is true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's all true. It's all true, baby. I, and it's great. I know we've talked about it before, but the idea is when you're out of service <laughs> and something bad happens, that's really bad. Yep. And so they've made this thing, and I like how they talked about, look, it's complicated because we don't have the big antenna, so we have this user interface where you have to point it at mm-hmm. the satellite. And it's, you know, on, on the inside, it's like the range. It's it's doing the what's the strength of signal from the satellite. And I used to have satellite TV, and I remember being up on my roof trying to point the dish in exactly the right place to hit the satellite. It's kind of like that. You know, keep moving, keep pointing at satellite once you lock it in and you hold it there and it can take uh, less than 15 seconds in clear sky, but in light foliage, it might take a few minutes. It's a very low speed transfer, but it means that you can send an emergency message or using Find My, share your current location via satellite. And I think this is great because, again, it's going to save lives. We know that already. Next year, year we'll have the emergency SOS via satellite save my life video montage of real people. You're going to get a combo. Someone's like fallen down and they're on a mountain and they couldn't call base camp because they've fallen over. Right. Right. Or crash detection. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're going to be out out outside of cell service. And they crash into a tree, and they uh, and it calls, and it uses the satellite to do it. I also thought it was really interesting that they talk about having to compress the text because they're really, really limited with what they're able to send across the satellite at, from an iPhone, right? Yep. All the way out into space. Yep. That's that's hard. And that on top of that, they built basically a wizard that walks you yeah. through identifying your current emergency situation. And that's super smart because that allows them to boil it down to the exact details in a way that is a very, very short amount of yep. data that's being sent over the satellite. And then on the other end is being translated back into the report of where they are and what the situation is. And then they said that they've got it where those get sent as text messages to places that accept text messages and places that have a live operator. They have an operator who will relay the message via voice from your message to the emergency like it's really well thought out. Yep. It's so smart. It will save people's lives. And this leads me to my question, which is how it, this is a service. I was listening to accidental tech podcast from last week while I was driving down here and they were talking about this and I, and it struck me this rumor and I thought this is a service and you can't, you can't really say if you don't want to die out in the middle of nowhere, pay us a fee, right? Like, mm-hmm. That that that's a hard sell, right? Like, like, hey, this new iPhone has this life saving feature. Here's what it costs for us to save your life, and yet it's a service. You can't not, I think, charge for it ultimately because this is this is a you know or they're using a satellite provider. They're doing all the satellite data transfer. It can't be cheap. Um, so what they did, and I was really impressed with this, is. They did a free for two years with purchase. So you get this for your iPhone for two years with purchase. Presumably at that point, you're going to have to pay something. 
to keep it going. But if you're a new iPhone buyer... Or it's a part of iCloud Plus or something yeah, like that. But, but, right, but it's not going to be an upsell where it's like, congratulations on spending $1,000 on your phone. Would you like to not die out in the wilderness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'll be an extra whatever. Like it's No, it's covered for two years. I think it's an interesting solution to that problem mm-hmm. of that this is totally a service and they could have said, pay us for this service up front. If you want satellite emergency SOS, you got to pay us. And that's not what they did. And I think that's a great move. And it really is something that not everybody's going to need, right? Like, uh, lots of people, sure, but lots of people, not so much, I feel like. Depending on where you live in the world and what you might get up to, I don't know. But nevertheless, it's quite a morbid thing to think about. But it is really interesting to build features into your products that are designed to help you not die. As a selling point. So I, I yeah, and that and that's what I mean when I say the challenge of of how do you use something that's a, that is going to save you from dying, but has a real cost, right? Mm-hmm. Apple has had to make a deal with this satellite company and and build this whole system, and it's not just the on, the cost of of building the software and stuff. It's the ongoing cost of connecting to their satellite network, and that's a real cost because satellites aren't free. You gotta. You got to shoot them up there, and then they're up in space. And if they come down, you got to have a replacement that you can you can switch to, and it's 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 expensive. But yeah, it's really unpleasant to have to juxtapose the idea that there's life saving technology and pay up deadbeats, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want to do that. So what do you do? And so making it the 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 free for two years is an is a I think it's a a, a pretty interesting and good. Compromise. I think. I mean, the argument is maybe not everybody needs this thing, but I think I, I think that's not. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think that's not true. I will tell you that um, we had to drive up to Oregon for Julian's college orientation, and then we were just in the in the Eastern Sierras over Labor Day weekend. And you know, you're streaming music, and then it stops, and you realize that you are out of service. Like you're in the mountains, you're around Mount Shasta, or you're going through the, mm-hmm. the you know, you're you're going through the mountains in Oregon, or you're going through Yosemite, and sometimes you've got service. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I would be I'd be surprised because then a, a notification would pop up, and I'd be like, oh, this uh, th- we're back in service for a moment, and then it would sure. go away again. Like if you if you live your life at any point in a place like that. And and you hear these stories about people who are like just they're going through the mountains on the way to you know see grandma and their car breaks down and they don't have service like what do you do in a situation like that and the answer is you tell your kid to stay in the car and the snow's coming down and you try to get to the road and if somebody's coming you flag them down or is nobody coming and because they've closed the road but you were the last car through I mean it's terrifying so I, I this is. And our smartphones are so important, and they're such an important part of our lives. So to have this be built into every iPhone, and have it be free for two years after you buy that iPhone, I yeah, I'm 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 really glad that they went to the trouble of building this feature in because there's a difference between buying a fancy survival radio that you carry with you in the in the backcountry, and just getting stuck somewhere with your iPhone. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned it already that these devices are sticking in price, uh, $799 and $899. Yeah. Uh, both available to order this Friday. The iPhone 14 is shipping September 16th. The iPhone 14 Plus is the sacrificial iPhone. It's not shipping until October 7th. 
This is the only phone yeah. that has been dated this way. I expect it's like we have... Uh, here's my thinking on this, right? Who knows? Okay. We have a limited amount of parts that we can use amongst mm-hmm. the phones Priorities. Let's put this on the phone that does not already have a direct model, right? Because they... They don't, you know, they don't want to go for a period of time where they're not selling a certain phone or they do it today and it's like weeks and weeks and weeks away. And then they're like, well, does that mean nobody's going to buy an iPhone, regular iPhone for a long period of time? This phone is not replacing something technically. There isn't an iPhone 13 plus. So they've just decided this is the one that will go into October. Because what could be part of this phone specifically that is a problem part is how I look at it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's priorities. You're right. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Capital One. Have you ever hit a technical snafu while shopping online? Has filling out payment fields given you a headache? Has a mobile banking app ever been down when you wanted to use it? Capital One believes everyone deserves better banking. This means easier access to money and more security, and that's why Capital One is investing in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do things like fight fraud of random forests with models that quickly detect suspicious activity and make it faster to alert federal investigators. And they identify how mobile app outages happen with causal models. Keeping their mobile app up and running doesn't happen by accident. Anomaly detection and incident response help determine why app outages happen so engineers can quickly remedy them. Capital One speed up online shopping with machine learning at the edge. They make shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. This technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser. It identifies payment fields, which helps making using virtual card numbers easier and faster. The potential of machine learning is so big. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking. Search machine learning at Capital One. Capital One, what's in your wallet? Our thanks to Capital One for the support of this show. iPhone 14 Pro and iPhone 14 Pro Max. Oh, yeah. It's time to go to a special island. I call it the Dynamic Island. This is exciting. I am incredibly hyped for this phone. (laughs) You know what's not exciting about this phone, Mike? What? The color. Oh, yeah. I don't like the purple, Jason. I've seen the purple. Tell me about it. It is... Remember when I said Apple would find a way to make purple not exciting? No. <laughs> it's you know you know how the midnight uh, laptop it's like oh it's black and then you look in exactly the right line and you're like oh I see I see it's mm-hmm. it's blue. And this is like that it's like hey it's a gray phone and then you look in right and you're like oh I guess it's purple. So they really okay. should have called this Twilight then as as the listener recommended. They should have yeah. right. Except okay. except they didn't do Midnight and Starlight because those aren't professional colors. Instead, we get silver gold, deep purple, and another space black. What does that another mean? Another space black. Why it's now? It's darker than space gray. But if space gray was already not a defined color. Yes. Why do we space need space black? black? Why can't it just be space gray? I don't know. I don't How know. black is space black? Because it looks kind anyway, of gray to Ap- me. Apple has decided that the iPhone Pro should not come in fun colors. Mm-hmm. Even as an option, it should just have sort of like really super standard colors. Okay, but deep purple like midnight forest and darkened seascape and, you know, again, 2 a.m. lemon. These are all just terrible (laughs) colors. I mean, look, ultimately, I'm happy I don't have to just to make a hard decision to move away from my beloved gold and gold looks as amazing as ever. So I'm going gold. Deep purple. I mean, I like purple. I like that it's purple. 
Uh, let's go to the dynamic. This thing looks amazing. Have you gotten okay. to see it in use? Yeah, yeah. Okay, in use, I used it. it. So, so here's the thing. We base so many of our stories and speculations on rumors from the supply chain. And the rumor from the supply chain was about the cutouts. So everything was about the cutouts. It was about the little lozenge and the little dot, and it was cutouts. Apple's going to have cutouts in their display, like a hole punch. It's going to be like like an Android. They're going to have little hole punch things, whatever. And then last week, it was sort of like, oh, but maybe they'll be connected. And then over the weekend, it was like, oh, and maybe the little recording indicator light will be in there instead of somewhere else. And, you know, and if you're somebody at Apple, if you're flying the wall at Apple, you're like, Oh, they're getting closer. They're getting closer. Are they going to get it? Are they going to figure it out? And the answer is no, they didn't get it. It was an actual surprise because what Apple did with the Dynamic Island, I think it's so funny and clever, is they took the existence of those cutouts and the idea that they would mask it with a little element and they designed a whole bunch of status indicators around that element that that element grows and stretches and and the items that appear in the indicators are artfully placed not on the cutouts and it's like you can in bright sunlight you can see the cutouts right you can see them but most of the time you forget that the cutouts are even there and instead the little the little uh, dynamic island is just your little buddy who gives you information about stuff and it's not marring your display it's an always on information bar it's so smart and clever and little whimsical animations everywhere to make it wider or taller as as needed so yeah you're in you're in music and you're you're playing music and then you flip up to go to the home screen and as you flip up to the home screen a music widget uh, essentially for lack of a better name um flips up into the dynamic island and it sits there with a little tiny teeny tiny uh thumbnail of the album art mm-hmm. and a dynamic waveform yep. that is Thanks. color matched to the album art by the Match. way and yeah. it's not fake it's real and you know mike the answer here is this is why live activities weren't coming in iOS 16.0 and they said they were coming later this fall is cuz i think these are basically live activities no, they i think are. that they it's go been to, confirmed. I th- yeah, they go together. I, you know, I was hedging, but like yeah. it was very clear in the moment. It's like, yeah. oh, this is what this is the other part of what the live activities API is. Yeah. Is this display and and so yeah, it's a it's it's like a huge change in the iPhone interface to yes. have a live status area that's available no matter what you're doing that says what else your iPhone is doing and and integrated in a way that is funny and playful and natural so you know the proof is going to be in how it is how it is to use but in a short amount of time with it like i'm inclined to think that this is going to be a winner that they that they took a they took the bare problem of those two cutouts and instead of doing something doing nothing or doing the minimum which is masking them out and maybe putting a dot back there they said why don't we in a very quintessentially apple way why don't we lean into it Mm-hmm. And make this a fundamental iPhone interface element that is part of our identity going forward for the iPhone. Really excited about it. And yeah, that com- there is a confirmation from a friend of the show, Serenity Caldwell. It is part of Live Activities and Activity Kit. It's not available in the release candidate right now, but will be coming to iOS 16 and Xcode later this year. So when the iPhone ship, it will only be Apple's. Um, it will only be Apple's apps and services in the Dynamic Island. And then later on this year, you'll be able to see third-party apps when um, the live activities thing ships. It's all kind of tied right. into that. Um, the always-on display 
got very little time and information. Yeah, yeah, it is. I got I got to play with that too. It okay. looks good. Um, I think it's funny that again, so remember when I said earlier in this episode that I think people underestimate Apple? Mm-hmm. Well, here are a couple other examples, which is the Dynamic Island. Everybody underestimated Apple and figured they'd just, you know, patch it up with some pixels and call it a day. Yep. And they did not do that. They leaned into it. Always on display, I think, is in that category, too, because I think everybody, just like we did where we said, oh, that it's just, it's going to be an Apple Watch Pro and they're not going to lean into the sports features. I think we said, oh, well, you know, let's get let's curb our enthusiasm. Let's get our let, let's not get our hopes up. It's probably going to drop out the images and it's going to be really kind of a very boring thing because they want to save power. And it's like, no, no. If you've got a colorful background picture when it's in always on mode, it's still visible. It's dimmer. And they are doing some, you know, algorithms to reduce what is displayed so that it draws less power on the OLED display. But it, it's not like everything fades to black and with some very light gray items. It, it's it's the the widgets are monochrome, but your background is not monochrome. It's still there. And like the Apple Watch, it will drop out. Um, I set a timer and then put it into always on mode and it did the apple watch thing where it doesn't show you the rest of the seconds it only shows you the minute right (laughs) it's like come on you're refreshing once a second refresh the second hand please but um but yeah they they it's way more vibrant for an again a dimmed display but it's way more vibrant and personalized they're not throwing that stuff away like now that you've personalized your lock screen good news we're making it all disappear when it's always on um, and then you tap and it all kind of lights up. Yeah, this is a feature I feel like I really need to use myself as well to like fully understand it because it's not, yeah. it's, it's very different to what I expected. Like I can't work out how bright does it feel? Like, and again, like we saying, like, what do you do with it at night? Like uh, I'm intrigued about that. And and it depends on, I think it, I think it probably depends on your light environment, right? Like I, I would imagine that it's actually brighter when you're outside and, and dimmer when you're inside, uh, but it yeah. does. And it's got a little, um, it's got a little animation. Like literally you tap it and it and it fades up, right? It doesn't mm-hmm. just blink or anything. It fades up into the full presentation mode. Again, a little bit like the Apple Watch. Clearly, this was all a lesson learned on the Apple Watch applied to the iPhone. But it looks good. It has an A16 chip. Yes, new chip. No uh no chip lab, but uh Greg Joswiak gave us the the plug. And just I'm just gonna point out this is the next generation. Apple chip, which means it might be the next generation on which the M3 Three. is based for the Mac. Maybe not. There are some right, rumors sure. that they might skip a generation at some point. It's their first four nanometer chip. That's the key part though, right? Like if it yeah. does become, uh, or, or even if this doesn't, but now we can see what, well, okay, probably the M3, the M3 will and undoubtedly will be, be four a four nanometer. nanometer yeah. At least, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, yeah, most or whatever way we do it. Yes. Uh, and then I guess the only, I think really for me, the only thing that I noted, which was interesting, is as a new display engine on the chip, which is powering the always-on Dynamic Islands and right. aliasing. So it's something going on there. They didn't make a lot of um, a lot of speed claims here. I, I do think that they focused on, um, they did talk about the 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 high power cores are very, are more powerful. And they use less power. <laughs> and then the efficiency cores. And the truth is, those four efficiency cores, the iPhone is not using the high-performance cores often. It is not interesting or enlightening, I think, at this point, to hear about the power of the chip inside of the iPhone. 
Yeah, I, honestly, power, I think you're right. I don't, and that, I don't care about and that's, it anymore. That's why they talked about, instead, they talked about using their cores and their, their CPU cores and their GPU cores and the neural engine and the ISP to do camera stuff, yeah. right? Because yeah. that that is, in, in fact, I would be surprised if the thumbnail sketch of what this phone model year was going to be way back when was this is the one with a 48 megapixel sensor on it and therefore the chip development for this chip model needs to kill it on the image processing because this is when we're doing it it's got to do whatever it's got to do to to like to deal with so much more information coming down the pipeline our friend the pipeline uh yeah but you know, well, for me, you get, you get higher up, then you see what's coming down sooner. And it's you need more of it. I, for me, I, I want to know like raw power and speeds and cores for the Mac, right? But right. for the iPhone and for the iPad, it's not really interesting anymore. It's more what you can do with it because yeah. they're not constrained Especially in any other way. now yeah. because, you know, it used to be like fun of like, look how much faster this is than my Mac. Well, that doesn't count anymore because we <laughs> right. have those chips now. So like it's not. Anyway. Exactly. Camera though, Jason Snell. My God, I'm yes. so freaking excited! They gave me literally everything I wanted from the camera segment of the keynote today. So, so the things that we thought they might do, right? Because mm-hmm. the simple version was, well, that 48 megapixel, they're, they're going to do pixel binning, which they did. They call it the quad pixel sensor. That's the whole idea. You use four pixels, so you've got lots of light to make a really, really, really good looking 12 megapixel image. Yep. Great. But what else can you do? And this is where it's like, well, what do they choose to do? The answer is they chose to, among other things, create a virtual additional iPhone camera, which is the cropped middle 12 megapixels of the new sensor at which you can take a full resolution photo. There's no optical zoom or anything. It's just a cropped in. It's not using the quad pixel at that point. It's using the actual pixels, but you can do that. And it's like you've zoomed into 2X for full resolution photos and 4K video. I love this. Like (laughs) I love that the 3X exists, but I miss the 2X. And they even called it out in a way I was so happy about where they're like, because also... 3X is not so good for portrait, which it's not. Like yeah. I feel like portrait photos now, I'm either too far away or too close. Yes. And 2X was so much better for that. So I'm really happy about this. I hoped they would do something like this. Um, people thought, and, and I had thought, I wondered, like, will they use this sensor to do 10X zoom, like some of the, like Samsung does, but they hadn't done that. No. What, I've, what I'm happy is they've done what I actually realistically wanted, which was more settings that are of high quality rather than pushing right. past quality. And I think one of the reasons they haven't done this is there is a future iPhone expected to get a periscope camera. And so you may as well wait for that one to do that, that kind of further out feature. I just want to, I just want to be clear mm-hmm. again, it's not a digital zoom. What they're doing is using the 12 megapixels instead of taking 48 and binning it to 12 and, and it's, taking the 12 like it was the old iphone yeah but because it's got the lens that's displaying on the whole sensor and they're taking the center of it it's effectively a zoom but it's zooming by discarding the quad pixel algorithm and instead using the more classic one dot per so the image quality is not going to be as good as at the normal camera mode but it's not a digital zoom because it's not inventing pixels yep the but they can still throw it through our wonderful friend Photonic Engine and 
get some better results out of it maybe yeah there's people in the chat room saying it's a digital zoom i mean define it how you want to me digital zoom means you're creating information where there isn't any yeah where you're taking something that that you're blowing up pixels and making virtual pixels and making the image look uh bigger than it actually is and they're not blowing up pixels here they're just they're just cropping the pixels so i i that feels different to me yeah but everything across the board is getting better with hardware and with software the ultra wide has a larger sensor, three times uh, better improvement in low light. By the way, the the main camera has a two x improvement over the thirteen Pro in low light for for this stuff. Um, higher quality macro mode photos. They have a new adaptive flash, which I thought was really smart. That dependent on yeah. the focal length of the image, they adapt how much light they use, which is genius. Uh, and then for cinematic mode, they go up to four K now in video. And you can do it at 24 frames per second. And Pro Raw, you can use the full 48 megapixels resolution if you know what you're doing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's it. Like what? So what if you say, well, it's great that you're doing this quad pixel thing, but I, I want all those pixels. I'm a pro photographer and I want 48 megapixels. And the answer is great. Then you use Pro Raw, you get all 48 megapixels of it. Do what you want with it. And that's great. That's That's fantastic. They didn't do 8K. Cinematic mode 4K at 24 mm-hmm. and 30 is great for people who, I mean, again, it's, who is that? It's a, for the filmmakers who use the cinematic mode, I don't, I'm not sure anybody is, but uh, if you're an aspiring filmmaker and you want to shoot 24, 4K in cinematic mode, you can now. Well, I was listening to the Six Colors Secret Subscriber podcast and our friend David oh, Sparks yes. said Mr. Sparks, he yes. wanted to use cinematic mode, but it was just at 1080 and that wasn't working for what he wanted with the rest of his yeah, workflow. so... F- there you go. It's for Sparky then. It's a higher quality image. There was no 8K video. Now, no. I'm assuming that this sensor could do it. I am expecting they are not doing it yet for two reasons. One, not a lot of use, I think, for 8K as it stands right now. And two, the file no. size is massive. Yes, and you have to get it over that little little lightning port. Yeah, which is not great. So I just think which right now great. there isn't a need for 8K. Let me tell you, Jason, I'm so excited for this phone. This is a big upgrade, it looks like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to the real photo samples. Yep. Oh, just my own images, if, right? Do you know what I mean? If, like, just, yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're the kind of person who buys an iPhone for the camera, I feel like there's no question about yeah. this. Like, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what the reviews are and all of that. But, like, this is a camera upgrade. Um, I, I do think that the... That that we have the dynamic island as a v- amazing design upgrade, uh, and the always on display too, like yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of yeah. This for for the boring third. Well, I, this is what Apple does though, right? It's like it's the third version of this body. So what do you do to make it interesting? The answer is you do a lot of really interesting stuff that isn't changing the body in year three because you know the body's been out there for a while and it's not that exciting but you can do some other exciting stuff and so here it is they've they've got the island they've got the always on and they've got this new camera system and then that's a uh, again it's it's that for if you're just going on looks it looks like it's more or less the same phone but if you're looking at the specs and you're looking at what it does it's actually a pretty dramatic upgrade yeah uh i'm really i am genuinely really pumped they've They've given me the things that I wanted the most, right? That I've really been looking forward to. And 
you know, one of them was just like, hey, the screen's going to look different. But then they've taken it that step further with this like delightful UI element in the Dynamic Island, which, by the way, that is a really bizarre name. I, don't Dynamic Island? I love it. Like, I love it, but that's why it's a wild name. <laughs> My immediate thought was Dynamic Island is what happens when you release a phone with a notch and everybody calls it the notch. And you're an Apple product marketer and you're like, I don't like that name. And 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 somebody says, well, why didn't you give it a name? And you're like, oh, yeah. Well, if we ever do something like the notch again, we're going to brand it. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> and so here it is. I'm going to say you Island. are spot on there because they just wanted you to say the face ID sensor or or nothing, right? You just don't call right. it anything. It just is. Right. So so, yeah. so we, we're going to have to retro name the notch now. I uh, I propose the static peninsula. But it could be. It. We'll work on it. We'll we workshop, workshop that, what the, what the like. notch is called. But it's it's offshore of the dy- the, the dynamic island. So that's everything announced today. Uh, yeah, and this I is have, uh, again September sixteenth. Mm-hmm. So we have. I'm sure we'll have more to break down next week. Uh, I'm as sure. More so I mean, I'm still comes out. You, you've had a little bit of time. I'm still mm-hmm. sort of in the bubble here. Yeah, for sure. In the ring. And yeah, you're within you're within the, the the ring bubble. Can you believe upgrade is coming to people live from uh, inside the 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 circle no, at Apple Park? I can't Park? believe that. That was a it's big hard to believe for all of us. But look at that. Look where we've come, kids. We've come so far. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to support us, there's a few ways you could do that. You can sign up for Upgrade Plus. Go to getupgradeplus.com. You can support our sponsors: Capital One, Bombus, Sourcegraph, and Squarespace. I will ask all of you, please, to go to stjude.org slash relay, donate what you can, sign up to fundraise, share it with your friends, stjude.org slash relay. Uh, if you want to keep up with what Jason will, I'm sure, will be writing many words, Ooh. lots of, not ink spilled, but like characters spilled, I don't know, a pixel spilled over at sixcolors.com. Yep. He is at jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L. I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. And we'll be back next week. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snow. Goodbye, Mike Hurley. Thank you.